Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. Yo, what's up everybody? I'm K-Cartoon. I'm Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes and you are officially Hanging with Apes. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check us out, Audio Apes. iTunes, Audio Apes. Check out our music on Apple Music, Google Play. We're out there. Check out the Hanging with Apes podcast. On SoundCloud, check out the Audio Apes page on SoundCloud. We got a lot of stuff out there for you guys. Our latest single, Let's Go, Let's Ride. K-Cartoon. Music video. You guys got to watch it. It's amazing. And it's on iTunes, too. It's and out Google there. Play. It's out there. So, uh, so uh, indulge. Get into it. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Absolutely. All right. So, getting right into things. Right into things. Kaepernick is still protesting. What are your thoughts? Oh, uh, man. I don't know. I think by now everybody knows the situation. Yeah. But for those that don't know, uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, quarterback for the San Diego 49ers, backup quarterback. I don't know if that how important that detail is, but nonetheless, he's the backup quarterback. He does not believe in standing for our national anthem. You know, based on uh, the recent controversies of these police shootings, some people say that it's police brutality. Some people say that it's flat-out murder. So that's what he's protesting. He's against it, and uh, he feels like he can't stand for a flag of a country that allows such things to go on. Well, on one hand, I don't agree with how he views like the injustices you know what, what he's saying that why he why he's kneeling i mean people do have a right to protest you know so if he wants to kneel he can kneel i don't i don't know how that i wouldn't i wouldn't go about it in that way like me because i'm you know i'm proud to be in this country and i'm proud at the fact that a lot of people have given up their lives and 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 fought for our freedoms. So I I don't know. I, in my in my opinion, I feel like that that's kind of a spit in the face to to those people. You know. Yeah. For the people who give you that right itself, you know, which is um you know freedom of speech. I wouldn't do it if I was like an athlete. I wouldn't do it even if I felt like that. I would find another way. You know. And I feel you know. How effective do you think his protest is? Well, now, see, it has people talking. So, I mean, you know, not, not, now that uh, now that he's kneeling, now people are starting to kneel. Other players, you know, it's kind of it kind of it, it's kind of like a chain reaction. Yeah, it has spread. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously taking an effect. I just again, when you look at. A lot of the situations, and I'm not going to say every situation, but a lot of the situations that they're talking about, a lot of the times those shootings are justified, you know? And people don't look at w- w- the the circumstances surrounding those situations. And they don't realize that the job of the police is not an easy job to begin with, you know? Right. If, if I mean, for instance, the Milwaukee uh, situation where the guy turned around with a gun and 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 pointed um pointed the or or turn around with the gun 
aiming towards the officer, and the officer killed him, and it still parked or sparked protests. Like, yeah, crazy how, ones too. And it turns out that the officer was black. Yeah, yeah, that, and then also like it was you know a black officer killing um an or, or or I was about to say an unarmed an armed um you know criminal and and then you see the people protesting saying stuff like oh hey when you see a per- uh, a white person driving you know uh, mess up their cars or you know yeah mess with them which is not cool that's counterproductive like you're you're over here pointing at oh hey this is racism this is not right there's social injustice and then you want to do the same thing that's not the way to go about it and that's not something i respect at all because the the very thing that you that you want to do is is if you do feel that way is take the higher road you know like right. not revert to to racism back like that doesn't fix anything now do you feel like white nfl players should feel obligated to join colin kaepernick's protest not at all cuz um i was reading this article from usa today and they were saying that that's what his protest is lacking. That's what's missing is white male athletes, I guess, standing in unison with him. But I guess my problem with that or my issue with that is then that's not everybody's problem. And I mean, sure, in a perfect world, we would all care about each other's problems and we would all work to solve each other's problems yeah but that doesn't that doesn't happen it you know m- you know people don't especially typically like get involved especially if it's not affecting them now with that being said with it not affecting them also the fact that a lot of them may feel differently about about the situation they might actually feel like some of this is justified and I'll give you I'll give you an example, or maybe they don't feel like, you know, some of these shootings are justified, but they might not agree totally with the protests or the reactions of it. And um, quick example: there was a pitcher for a major league baseball team that got uh, suspended because he tweeted something about the protesters along the lines of, "Look at these thugs attacking white people; they should be treated like animals," and they suspended him. And see, and that's like that. That's that's terrible, because that's freedom of speech. Exactly. Someone could kneel and and say something like you know do something like that, but then you can't voice your opinion on that. <clears throat> and that's messed up. That's messed up because that's someone's opinion. We are free to have our own opinion and voice our opinions. And if you're gonna suspend me for that, that's like that's communist. <laughs> you know, like, pretty much essentially. Like I don't know, I, I don't I don't think it's fair, and 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 the fact that um, I agree, you know, if, if it's not their, it's not an issue that that uh that maybe white athletes feel, hey, you know, I, I don't agree with it. it. Now, personally, if I felt you know there was an injustice, like it was like overwhelmingly like there was an injustice, well, then I would say, well, you know, yeah, why not? But but the thing is, this is not that. This is not what the media is feeding, um, or or rather, what it's not feeding. You know, like this is not as bad as what people are making it out to seem. It's like the whole stop and frisk thing. Like, 
I, I, I saw um, when I was watching the debate, and actually this has been an issue even before the debate, uh, the, the Trump and uh, Hillary debate, was um, like uh, the whole thing about the uh, stop and frisk is racist or social profiling. Yeah. But no, it's not. It's wh- wherever the crime is at, that's it's going to reflect on the people. If us Latinos and blacks are the ones that's committing the crime, then what do you think? What do you think is going to be stopping? It's it's becoming almost as if though sensitivity and and awareness of sensitivity is the the prime objective and the main priority. It's like, well, stop and frisk, although it is effective and it's statistically proven to be effective, we can't utilize it because I mean it's just too offensive. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is this, I, I, um, I'm a Latino. I'm not a criminal. I'm, I'm not. If someone stopped me, you know, uh, out of nowhere for no reason, you know, I, I'd be upset about it. Am I gonna go to the extent of like, it's gonna ruin my whole life? Oh, this, this is such a terrible situation. I, I no. All right, cool. The situation happened. I'm, I'm I'm living on with my life, and that and that's it. I, the whole thing about how people are perceived, you know, it goes it goes with you know how they say one one uh, one spoiled apple ruins it for the or ruins whatever the, the bunch, yeah. yeah ruins the bunch. It kind of is like that. Sometimes our people make us kind of look bad in a sense, you know, and and, and that's because you have self-awareness it's one of those things for example if you're standing outside of a liquor store and you're with a bunch of guys wearing hoodies pants sagging you look like you're up to no good right Mm -hmm. and the cops roll up and everybody around you automatically assumes that it's racism oh look at these racist ass cops but you're the only one out of the group that kind of thinks to yourself, well, we do kind of look bogus out here we do kind of look suspicious yeah you know what i'm saying yeah what do you expect? But then when you try to, I guess, explain that to people, they uh, they don't really grasp it or they start to say things like, oh, you changed or, you know, whatever the case. Because, for instance, yeah. the other day on Twitter, I posted uh, this little Snapchat video that uh, of the American flag that I, the, the day of Russ's funeral. Yeah. I posted this little Snapchat video of um, the American flag waving because it was a real windy day that day. So I take the video and in the little caption I write, I don't know about you or Colin Kaepernick, but I'm proud to be American, right? Yeah. So I post it on Snapchat and then also I I put it on Twitter. So on Twitter, it got a few likes or whatever. People liked it. But on Snapchat, one of our friends that we grew up with, Chris, he, uh, he, he messaged me on Snapchat and he said, I don't think uh, that... Kaepernick's not proud to be American. His uh, he's protesting something different or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, and I and I told him I re- responded with I feel like his whole protest is misguided, and he responded, "Ah, oh, Tway, don't tell me they done got you." Like pretty much saying like, oh. "Don't tell me like <laughs> you changed." You know what I'm saying? They got that ass, fam. But what's crazy about that is. 
I could see somebody saying that because we grew up in the same neighborhood. We grew up under similar circumstances. But we've grown in different ways and you see different things. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like if if you live in a house and that's the only house you go to and that's the only house you live in and that's the only house you ever see. And then you stay there. But I, from that same house, I go, I get to see different houses and I'm like, oh man, you know what? The wall looks nice with that kind of paint. Oh, it looks nice. The kitchen looks nice when you do this to it. Oh, this looks nice. The backyard, the, 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 the deck, all of that stuff, the garage. Yeah. It's like you might be comfortable in your house and the way it is, but I've seen different examples of what can be and what should be and what's better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't always resonate with people sometimes because they're just not open-minded enough or sometimes because they just haven't seen it or they don't have any real world examples of, of it working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And see, the thing is this, um, I think, I think people, they, they stay in, in their box and, and they don't, it's like, it's almost like if this is the way of thinking, this is the way we're going to think and that's it. There's no, oh, let's, let's be open to reflect on what we could do better. And then that's why you see the same problem over and over, over and over. I mean, the fact of the matter is this. If, if there's an area in which crime is high and you stop and frisk, you know, like, Whoever it is, whether it be Asian, white, purple, yellow, it don't matter. It's obviously going to reflect on the environment. That that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean, oh, hey, um, I'm, I'm, they, they got my ass, whatever that means. You know, that doesn't mean that. That means you have to look at things for what they are. And you don't want that. You don't want, you know, I don't want, you know, uh, Latino and black, uh, you know, people to, 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 to be stopped and frisked all the time and this and that. But that's why we got to change in our culture and, and the way we approach things. And and even when you look at the videos, uh, when sometimes um, uh, we get stopped, like minorities get stopped, why do you have to be so uh, disrespectful or and aggressive? Or, and aggressive? Like, do you think that makes the situation better? Because there's been times I've been stopped in which, you know, I'm, I, I try and be as charming as I can, and I've been able to get away from tickets. You know what I mean? Like it's all of all the way how you approach things, not so much, not so much on um, the color of your skin. Now, granted, even if the cop is disrespectful in any way or whatever, you just take the high road, right. and just you're because... still at a disadvantage. Exactly at that point, and it, it kind of reverts back to the whole Alton Sterling thing. When, when uh, you know, they gave the guy like five chances to pretty much surrender, he didn't. Yeah. And or I shouldn't say surrender, but five chances to comply. Yeah. He didn't, and he ended up getting killed. And those cops were never charged for that. Like I said, they oh, yeah, wouldn't be. I, I, I predicted that. Well, anyway, with that particular situation, people need to put themselves in in the shoes of Alton Sterling and in the shoes of the officers. If you're in, if you're Alton Sterling, at what point do you tell yourself, well, you know what, this is getting pretty serious. I probably should comply. And at what point, putting yourself in the shoes of the officers, do you tell yourself, 
this is getting pretty dangerous. I don't know what this guy has. I think I'm going to have to shoot him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and there's no there's no self-examination with people. They just say, oh, look at uh, uh, another another man killed, another black man killed, an- another innocent, unarmed man killed. But at any point, are you doing any self-examination? Are you are you looking at the situation and being like, well, if I was in his shoes, what would I do? You know, would I do something differently? You know, nobody does that. And that's a problem. Yeah. And the thing is this. I mean, we I don't care what anyone says. We profile. Everybody profiles. Because it's 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 due to the situations that you've been through in life. You know what I mean? Like we grew up in, in the south side of Chicago. Like, you know, if I see some dude tatted up talking like, you know, like like in slang and kind of, you know, trying to, you know, talk to you and you don't know him and you know right. what I'm saying? Like you know things. So you know that doesn't mean I'm I'm being racist or or I'm being judgmental. That just means I'm being cautious. Absolutely. And 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 everybody does that. See, everybody everyone. does and and it's not necessarily malicious no. when you do it. And I'll give you an example that Dinesh D'Souza gives, which he's a he's a good author. He has a lot of uh, good books out there, good documentaries. Check them out, Dinesh D'Souza. Um, not everybody is going to agree with him, but but he's still interesting. Even if you don't agree with him, still interesting to challenge yourself. But anyway, he gives this example in this interview when he's talking about his book, The End of Racism. And uh, it's it's all you know all about you know personal biases that people have. You know, claims of discrimination, racism, all of this stuff. Well, this example he gives is there's a cab driver driving down the street and there's a young, there's a young black man that needs a cab. The cab driver decides not to stop for the black man. Now, there's two ways you could look at that scenario. One way you could look at the scenario is, oh, the cab driver is racist because he doesn't want to stop for this black man. But now, what if the cab driver has been robbed before? What if he's been hearing or is aware of robberies in this neighborhood by young black men? Who's biased at, at, at that point becomes becomes more more prioritized if you will is is it the cab driver's um bias is is his is his is his bias more acceptable because he's trying to protect his cab and his investment and his livelihood and his life for his family yeah or or is it the the feeling of being of being uh uh what's the word i'm looking for uh racially profiled of the black man, like at, at, at what point whose whose feelings take more precedence? Some yeah. people would say the cab drivers because this is his livelihood. Yeah. Whereas this guy, it's just something that sure maybe you feel like you've been racially profiled, but your day is gonna go on. Like yeah. if which one, if they came to the realization of what they're feeling, would lose more? I, the cab driver because yeah. 
the realization of being racially profiled, I mean, damn, I was racially profiled, but your day goes on. Yeah. It's not that simple if your cab gets stolen or whatever the case. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So maybe deep down in his heart, he might want to stop for this guy and, and he's not a malicious person and he's not driving past being like, oh, yeah, fuck that nigga. No, it's not that. It's yeah. like, well, I don't feel safe. I don't feel confident in, 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 in picking him up. Yeah. There's nothing malicious about that. But people will say, that, oh, look at them damn cab drivers. They're racially profiling. That's wrong. And then you can't get a, a decent conversation going. You can't get a good a good dialogue going back and forth because mm-hmm. people are going to be so caught up into their own emotions about the situation. Now, now, do you feel that that's the biggest point on why the protests are misguided? Because, because of what you just mentioned? Or, or do you think that something bi- like part of me sometimes feel like some of these protests are are just simply misguided because of the media and like the information that's being put out. But other times, I feel like there's something more sinister going on behind the scenes, and it's kind of being organized to give the illusion of chaos. How so? Okay, for instance. I feel like when things get like really chaotic and out of hand, this is more of a a conspiracy theory, but there's still a lot of truth to it. When things get out of hand, it's a way for the government at times to take away freedom. Notice like 9-11, when 9-11 happened. It was a great way for like Homeland Security to start pushing the NSA and the Patriot Act and all kind of stuff that in reality infringed upon our freedoms yeah. but we allowed it because we wanted to feel safe even well, the patriot act right so, that, exactly yeah. that's what i said like so it's like well yeah to the point where we had to take off our shoes at the airport and and yeah. do all of this stuff little by little our freedoms get taken away and we become accepting of it because it's in the name of of safety and security yeah and i'll give you an example in charlotte when all of that stuff popped off, they, um, I don't know if it's still going, but they had implemented a curfew. Right. It, what? I, I, you you made, just made a crazy ass facial reaction. And, and <laughs> what? Yeah, they implemented a curfew oh and my God. they ordered businesses like bars and lounges and stuff oh. to shut down at 12 o'clock. So, oh, wow. how convenient. So, so it's like, well, like it's, it, it doesn't sit well. It's like, well, this is our way of life. Like, so every time something happens, I thought we were supposed to make sure that we maintain our same way of life to show that we're not going to be defeated by this. But instead it's like, Oh, okay. Take that freedom. Okay. Take that. And now you're starting to notice that with certain things in terms of, of which sort of narrative you choose. Like if you choose the narrative of, Oh, I stand with Colin Kaepernick. Oh, okay, you're good. You got the green light. But if you stand against Colin Kaepernick, oh, there's something wrong with you. You're a racist or you don't care about about people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or for for example, the Huffington Post uh wrote an article about the Emmys and how Jimmy Kimmel hosted the Emmys and he 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 cracked a joke. They call it a tasteless quip. But he cracked a joke about the show Transparent yeah. being born a drama by identifying as a comedy. 
<laughs> I found that funny. Like I, I felt like it's that's it's, real witty. I, I felt like it was witty. I felt like it was uh, it, it went with the times, like what's going on and everything like that, and and it coincided and connected with the show that he was referencing. Yeah, but obviously Huffington Post didn't find it. You know, witty. They found they found it to be a, a taste of his quip. Yeah, and then he said something along the lines of, "Oh, Bill Cosby is going to come up on stage," and a bunch of jaws dropped, and people like felt so offended and and so bothered. Which sometimes <laughs> that that's a good joke when people when you throw people off. Yeah, but again, they found it to be tasteless. But then they show uh, there was a link to a clip when Amy yeah. Poehler and Tina Fey did the Emmys, they made a joke that I didn't find funny at all about about Bill Cosby. And, oh, it was the most hilarious thing. So they pick and choose yeah, what yeah. narrative they want to go with. Yeah, and which is totally not fair. It's not fair. It's biased. And the problem is, is that people are not speaking up about it. But yeah. that's the bad side of things. But the flip side of things and kind of transitioning into our next little segment about the presidential debate is that even though you're getting these big media outlets that are sort of in a way trying to tell people what to excuse me, trying to tell people what to think. Yeah. People are still thinking what they really feel in their heart, because if you notice all this time, like people were saying, oh, Trump is down in the polls. Trump is going to lose. There's no way that he could be president. But right going into the debate, he was actually ahead in yeah. a lot of polls. Yeah. And if you balance out all the polls that have come out after the debate in terms of who won, it's pretty balanced. There's some people that say that Hillary won because she maintained her composure and Trump was a lot more passionate and heated, but there's a lot of people that actually like that about Trump. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I felt I felt um, the passion was there. Sometimes, you know, like he was a little like I think you had mentioned to me that he was too quick on the defense. Yeah, when she absolutely. would say stuff, you don't got to be. Like, if you know who you are, you don't have to explain. You know, or you don't have to hurry and defend yourself wait till she finishes and then defend yourself you don't have to right away you know because sometimes he was like cutting cutting her off uh right away um which i didn't find the need you know let her finish and and then you'll say you know your your two cents but um i felt it was pretty balanced on, on both ends yeah i i felt like she was very composed but it was it was scary that she didn't deny the fact that she was going to push regulations on businesses. Like when he told her, you're going to regulate businesses out of existence, she didn't deny that. Yeah. When he told her, you're going to raise taxes, she didn't deny that. Like yeah. that's scary to me that even though she's so composed, like people are not catching like this sinister ass shit that she's yeah. for. Yeah. Like. Well, well, let me, because I got a couple points, uh -huh. just so people kind of get an idea. Clinton's kind of bullet points. Raise a minimum wage. Debt-free college. Affordable child care. Um, this one kind of, well, we'll talk about it. Ensure equal pay for women. Uh, what else, what else? Wealthy pay more taxes. And then you close corporate loopholes. Um, 
the whole the whole solar panel stuff that failed already. Yeah, so so half a billion solar panels. That's what she wants to put. Um, and what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? And that's pretty much it. That was that was her whole agenda, right? Which is a lot of a lot of government, a lot of government, a lot of taxes, a lot more money out of our pockets. Yeah. Now, now Trump, on the other hand, um, renegotiate trade deals, which actually I remember like about two, three years ago, we were talking about how Mexico, uh, when it comes to trading oil, they got the better of the deal. And I remember your dad was talking about it. He was explaining to us how. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Um, taxes on U.S. companies who move to do business overseas. Um, cut down on business regulations, including green en- energy regulations. Uh, fix infrastructure. And that was his whole thing. So way different, way different. His whole thing is kind of like business, straight up business. business I mean, exactly. he was talking about Building the airports, car- right? <laughs> American airports compared to airports in like Dubai, and you know, this that's sad. Like we're the United States of America, and you can't even ha- like you can't even get their airports right. Um, businesses for small businesses, yeah. Tax less. That's an incentive. Oh, hey, start a business. You get taxed less. Absolutely. Like, I don't understand why why people on the left and big government don't understand that there's not a business out there that doesn't want to grow. Like, if you're in business, you're in business to make money. And if you want to make more money, you need to grow. And if you grow, you create more jobs. So what helps a business grow is is by cutting and lowering taxes because therefore they have more money, which is an excess of cash, an excess of money that they can continue to invest into their business. Yeah. Yeah. How many, how many real estate opportunities have we passed talking about you and I alone, just because the taxes were outrageous? Yeah. Yeah. Or there was regulations. Right. That stopped us from getting it. Absolutely. And that's the problem. They, people, people don't understand that. Like, tax less. So, you know, every time, you know, people say, oh, trickle-down economics doesn't work and, and, and all of that. fact of the matter is, less taxes does create jobs. Like, there's just, there's just no way around it. Because even if, even if you don't use that money to invest you're still funneling more money into the economy because you have more money yeah. that you're saving or more money more money that you have at your at your disposal. Yeah. Now people could say, "Oh, well, those taxes that aren't uh that money that isn't going to taxes can also decrease jobs because that could be government jobs and whatnot." Yeah, but not so much because it's been a proven fact that government always mismanages the money. And a lot of times it ends up in the pockets of politicians, which doesn't create anybody's job. So I think it just makes a one single I, family wealthier I than everyone else. I trust the money in my hands and in my pocket more than I trust it in their hands. Yeah. About like, the, I mean, uh, for her uh, closing corporate loopholes. Yeah, that's nice. Corporations. Because they they do do some fucked up shit, 
But how many years, how many times, how many decades have we have you guys been saying this and you never do anything about it? Right. Yeah, corporate loopholes. Yeah, there's every year there's corporate loopholes. <laughs> so like, if, if you've anything, known about this, if for one reason you don't vote for Hillary and vote for Trump, I would imagine it'd be that that the fact that she's been into politics for thirty years and doesn't have any like real significant accomplishment to show for, it, and this guy is like totally against the grain and anti-establishment. If anything, like. If just for you needed one reason, I would say that that was it. Yeah, yeah. And and he and and by no means am I saying he's the perfect candidate because there's stuff where I feel he's pretty weak weak at. But it just so happens that where he might be weak at, or not so much weak at, but we don't know what he's going to be. She's failed, which is foreign policy, Benghazi, the emails, like these are things. The Iran deal. The Iran deal. Yeah, like. The fact that all of our enemies are stronger and we're weaker. Yeah. I mean, ISIS alone, like, it's it's due to how we handled Iraq and how we pretty much gave them our weapons because it's like, okay, okay, I, I fucked up. So now I'm going to try and help. I don't know what the hell is going on. Let me just train these people. Oh, yeah, these people have turned ISIS now. <laughs> like, they they've turned... To, to the enemy and now you've given them your weapons your humvees your you know all this all this stuff all this all these resources that we had now we gave them and made them stronger and then and then the, the, their biggest asset is oil they make money off of that too yeah yeah that's not good and you know what i thought was her biggest spit in the american public's face and just complete and utter total disconnect was when uh, Trump brought up the African-American communities and how right now it's struggling and in shambles. And she said something along the lines of, oh, there's a lot of uh, uh, good stuff going on in African-American communities and pretty much downplaying how bad the condition is. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Now... Let's let's take a, a logical look at this. Sure, there are a lot of good, great people in African-American communities. I know because I have real estate in African-American communities and some of the worst neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. These are good people. These are decent people. These are hardworking people. So by no means... Does is that a blanketed statement when you say that the community is in shambles? But if you look at the conditions and the surroundings, the just the environment that some of them live in, it is hell. Like when you when you're when you live on a block and and somebody being killed on that block is not even like that big of a deal and it yeah. doesn't even make the news. That's bad. That's a bad situation. And for her to like just say, oh, well, you know, things are not that bad and, and like, not even really care. Like, oh, yeah, just vote for me. I'm not going to do anything for you, but you should just vote for me. Yeah, I'm don't, don't say that. Don't say that. When, you, when your kids are playing outside and you can't even feel safe, like, right. that they might be alive by the night's end, like, that, that's crazy. Or by the day's end, like, that's messed up. Like, you can't have a family. And, and, and you know what's so, so buck wild about this is that, 
Trump, how he said that like four, almost 4,000 people or over 4,000 people have died in Chicago since Obama has become president. And this year alone, thousands of people have been shot and over 500 people have been killed in Chicago alone. Yeah. And like Democrats just stare with like a blank stare. Yeah. Like it's like they don't care. Like that's 500 lives. And, and all these people sh- like... That's someone's kid. That's someone's wife. That's someone's husband. You don't. You don't care. And oh, the only thing they could come come out with is, oh, well, yeah, that's why we need gun control. Listen, even if if you do everything you can do with gun control, there's so many guns right now on the black market. Yeah. There's no way that you'll be able to stop them all and find them all and confiscate them all. There's no way. So why don't we really look at the root of the problem and start really trying? To fix things, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's the that's the big problem when it when it comes uh, to her is um, she's trying real hard to just appeal, and and she really doesn't like, but but then this is the one problem with Trump, some of the stuff he was saying, I made sense of it, but that's because I'm into that, you know. So some of the stuff that he was saying, I felt that he could have better examples for, I guess, because, you know, really what these debates are for are for the people that are undecided still, you know? Yeah. So you have to appeal to them. So when you give an example, you have to kind of, I don't want to say, well, yeah, dumb it down, kind of like business for dummies. Right. You have to show and display how it directly connects and applies to them. Yeah. Yeah, like for example, when she had mentioned about uh, some guy that he duped and didn't pay or something, and she's oh he's in the crowd, and this is what you know what I mean like those kind of like I don't want to say feel good stories, but like you know explain you know okay cool, uh, RX Phonics from South Side of Chicago wants to start a business, what what are we gonna do for him? We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, you know what I'm saying like apply that to the regular Joe, like to the person who. Who's trying to make some moves, you know? Exactly. And 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 that's Explain the one how thing. how cutting taxes results in you keeping more of your check. Yeah. Explain how cutting taxes may reduce your rent or at very least keep it where it's at. Yeah. Same thing with your mortgage payment. Ex- you know, explain all of that. Like how cutting taxes ultimately results in you keeping more of your money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I mean... He could have attacked the whole raising the minimum wage and explaining the consequences how, how that to that. It, yeah. Like, so so I felt that, that he there was a couple missed opportunities on his end. You know, all in all, he did pretty good. <laughs> they were throwing shots at each other. Yeah. That was crazy when <laughs> they kept asking him. Um, About his tax uh, like, release and then her 30,000 emails. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, you know what? I released my taxes when she... And I'll do it if, if against Hillary my does, lawyer's wishes. Against my lawyer's her. Yeah, that was her uh, emails. That was pretty funny. It was pretty interesting how like how disrespectful the crowd was to to the rules of the debate. You know how like they were told not to cheer and like yeah. not, and they still did it. Uh, I part of me likes that. Like part of me like part of me feels like that's real American to do. Like there, you're not gonna control or 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 regulate our cheering or our reaction i i kind of like that yeah yeah 
Yeah, all in all. I felt like Lester Holt was biased uh, against Trump. Not overwhelmingly biased, but I felt like there there was some bias against Trump. Well, yeah, because, for example, you're going to question certain things that he said or like his taxes, but then you're not going to ask about the emails. All right. He had to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Trump brought Trump it up. Trump had to bring it up. You're not yeah. going to bring up like the Benghazi situation. You're not, you know, certain. Okay. Like you, you, then you, I remember when uh, Lester Holt, he said something about the um, stop and frisk and asking him, well, don't you think that's uh, racial profiling? And then, you know, he didn't ask about the, the, I, I forgot what it was, uh, the predatory, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The, uh, the whole, in the Clinton era when, when he was presidency, um, that it was like really against like, uh, black people. I forgot. I the forgot. Stop and frisk? No, not stop and frisk. But, um, you know, she had that in her background and, and, and Lester Holt never asked about that. Like, if you're going to ask someone about something, ask them about something, you know, because you want to get the whole point of, of, of the debate is to get to know these people and to see how they answer these questions. Yeah. So I'm not I don't have a problem with with uh, asking them tough questions, but ask them both tough questions. Yeah. You know, um, he did get cut off a lot, though, by both candidates. Because a lot of people, they were kind of like um, talking about how like he didn't handle himself real well. Oh, Lester Holt. Yeah, yeah, he let them run all over him. Yeah, so like you know, you you gotta, hey, uh, like like just tell them, hey, next time, you know, just kind of put your foot down. Yeah. So they know, cause cause they did walk all over him. Um, but all in all, I mean, it was a good first debate. When's the the second debate? That's gonna be every every week or every other week. I think there's one. Uh, every in, week for the next three weeks. Yeah, and then the vice presidential debate. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I've seen the Snapchat people just Snapchatting <laughs> about the about the debate. You know what they were saying. It was interesting. It was real interesting. We'll right see. now, with this election, things are so divided. Yeah, people are on. It, 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 I've had some of the most interesting political conversations with people because of this election. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, and see, the thing is, too, the money is with, uh, obviously, with Republicans and Democrats. So so that's the thing. Like, you're never going to agree 100% with one candidate. That's just not, it's just not accurate. But you have to kind of go with the person that mostly reflects what, what you believe in when it comes to certain things. And see, and that's, I feel, what sometimes people, people let, certain certain things be emotional instead of what it really is yeah because like there's stuff that these these candidates are going to say that they're not going to do absolutely and and you got to stop thinking so ignorantly about certain things like i remember when trump was saying uh, about mexico building a wall yeah if they build a wall they're gonna they're doing they're gonna build it because they want to keep us out because the, the route that we're taking yeah. It's not a good one. So yeah, they'll build a wall to keep us out. So, but if we're booming and stuff like that, that's not you know certain certain stuff you say to to, to just say it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and for, for selling know, points. Honestly, if the economy is good and it's booming, people don't even care about illegal immigration because yeah. there's so much damn work out there that nobody even cares. Like, yeah. which uh, is which is actually a big thing because you know that they're gonna have a lot of uh, you know how when you vote in your ballot. Um, they're gonna have questions about like legalizing marijuana on this uh, 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because I remember the last one, they had a lot of questions about that. Yeah. With the Romney-Obama election. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting because that's going to be the next gold rush right there. Yeah, definitely. That that in itself might be a podcast for a whole nother time. <laughs> the weed rush. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that we're good for today. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Remember to check us out at Audio Apes on SoundCloud, Audio Apes uh, Facebook, Audio Apes Instagram, Audio Apes Twitter, Hanging with Apes Twitter, Hanging with Apes SoundCloud. Check out our music on Apple Music. Audio Apes, Let's Go, Let's Ride is our track that's out now. It's hot. It's cold. Check out the video. It's hot. It's cold. It, both words apply. That's how awesome it is. Uh, check out the video on YouTube. Hell yes. You could download the song on iTunes. You could buy it. You could support. Visit us at www.audioapesmusic.com. Hell yes. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Peace.